You're listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer with Gina Militia, one of Australia's leading portrait celebrity and lifestyle photographers. With over 25 years' experience in the industry, Gina is a pro photographer who regularly travels the world shooting for some of the country's top magazines and advertisers. She is author of four best-selling books on photography, runs workshops and mentors aspiring photographers all around the world. In conversation with journalist, interviewer and budding amateur photographer Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 357 of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name's Valerie Koo and I'm here with Gina Militia. How are you, Gina? I'm great, Val. How are you going? I'm good. What's happening in Gina world? Well, I'm excited about this week's episode, how to build a photography side hustle when you work full time. Love um, it. it. Yeah. Uh, I'm very snug and warm in my, get this, heated mm. vest. Oh, I okay. highly recommend them. <laughs> really good. How, what's it heated big, by? Electricity? Uh, it's got like a little uh, USB battery that you can recharge, tiny little <laughs> battery, and it warms around your neck and in the pockets, and it's lovely. It's like, That's bizarre. It's like a hug. <laughs> it's very, very nice. Um, oh, so you don't have to be attached to anything. You can go no. out. No, no, it's got like a little battery like the size of a phone that you pop in the pocket and then you plug it in and turn it on and then it warms your back, your neck, your hands, everything. It's amazing. Perfect for photographers. Like if you're getting up and doing, you know, a a dawn shoot or a, you know, Mm. astro shoot or you're outside all day, like what what we usually do when we're doing um, TV stuff, when we're we're filming outside and it's freezing and obviously, Mm. you know, we're trying to do summer scenes in the middle of Mm. winter is like we have hot water bottles and wheat bags for the cast that we give Mm. them uh, to Mm. keep them warm because it's like even when you're shooting, doing photo shoots as well, if you're trying to do swimwear in the middle of winter Mm. and your poor model is freezing not only are they very uncomfortable but their Mm. skin turns blue so you want to find all these ways to um, keep them warm so I think something like this that you can just have that you can you know get them to wear in between shots so that the poor poor things aren't freezing is a, a great idea great tip I love it okay the heated vest love it (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Um, well, we want to give a big shout out to Peter Turnbull, who is a gold member, and he posted a lovely message on the So You Want to Be a Photographer uh, Facebook community group page. Um, and oh, by the way, if you are not already a member, do join. Um, it's free to join. And there's some great photographers and aspiring photographers from all over the world in there. Just search for So You Want to Be a Photographer podcast community on Facebook and request to join. But big shout out to Peter Turnbull, who basically said, I want to give a quick but massive thank you to Gina Militia for everything she does for us Goldies. I only joined the community in the past couple of months, but in that time, I have noticed a huge change in my photography. I've become more patient and more deliberate. I've learned new techniques for lighting, posing, and generally interacting with those I'm 
photographing and the biggest miracle of all, I have dived into Photoshop and done my first removal of multiple objects using layers, etc. on a Lightroom Photoshop round trip. Gina's knowledge is incredible in tutorials. Her tutorials are easy to follow and extremely practical. They are indeed. Uh, this is This all probably sounds like a poorly written advert, but honestly, joining the Gold community has been the best thing I have done in some time. I've just finished a two-day shoot for a new lifestyle magazine, and I'm so happy with the result because I took my time and took control of the shoot using techniques I learned from Gina. If you're sitting on the fence, get off and join. If you haven't considered it, why not? You have nothing to lose and everything to gain. Thanks again, Gina. Wow, that is so cool. That's fantastic. Thank you, Peter. That's amazing. Yeah, and that that shoot he did was was also amazing. uh, It's just really exciting watching everyone in the gold community, you know, get out there and learn and grow and you see those light bulb moments Mm. where they go, I get it now. I understand lighting. I understand light. It's fantastic and it's just as exciting for me, um, Peter. So thank you so much. Thank you for taking the time to write all of that. So... If you want to find out a little bit more about what Peter is talking about in terms of the gold community, have a listen to this. This podcast is brought to you by the gold community. I love working with members of my gold community. It's incredible to see them grow and develop as photographers. Here's what Kim Partridge had to say. So I joined, I think, last July time after listening to the podcast for a little while and absolutely fantastic. I've been in there on a couple of occasions when I've been really stressed or I've had problems on a shoot and not only have I had fantastic encouragement from other members, um, but also like spot on advice quickly when needed from, from Gina. So yeah, it's, a, it's been a fantastic experience. How have you changed in terms of how you are as a photographer when you first came in to today? Just immensely. Um, I mean, when you look, if I look at my shots personally from from day one, and then look at how I'm shooting now, and just the way I'm taking my time more, composing differently, uh, using so many different tools that you've taught me over the course of this week is yeah, incomparable. If you'd like to find out more about the Gold Community, head to GinaMilitia.com and click on memberships. All right, so let's move on to this week's topic, how to build a photography side hustle when you work full time. I love this idea because I actually love the concept of side hustles generally because sometimes side hustles are, you know, just a really great little distraction or a great hobby where you can pursue your creative passions, but sometimes they can also grow into something a lot more um, substantial and a lot more serious to the point where it becomes your main hustle. But yes. we've all got to start off with them being a side hustle. So, yeah, what are exactly. we going to cover? That's, well, that's my point exactly, Val. They should start as a side hustle because, mm. you know, I think a lot of people make the mistake of thinking, all right, I want to be a photographer, I want to start a business, and, and it, it needs to be this whole big thing. And I, and I disagree with that. I'm a big fan of uh, growing slowly. My photography business started as a side hustle. Before that, my I had a side hustle as a teenager making pottery. So that's when I got into the whole side hustle. And that, in the end, 
it was great for me to dip my, you know, feed into that business of ceramics to realize I don't want to do this. So that's yeah, another good right. thing about doing the side hustle because you can test out the waters. And I know that like, I think all your businesses started as side hustles, right? So hmm. originally you were an accountant. Yeah. You had a side hustle writing that grew into. Yeah, full time. Yeah, right. And then. Um, from there, you grew the writer's center, and then and now you've got the you started a side hustle with the art, and that's growing into a a big hustle too, isn't it? <laughs> big hustle, yes. <laughs> sure. So, so you know, I started my photography business and it was a, a side hustle. I had a full time job and I had a night job in a restaurant, and basically, I grew it slowly, and so. Uh, what was really good for me was while I was growing the business, I was also raising two children and that allowed me. So what's good about the side hustle with the full-time job is um, you're not stressing out about having enough money from the business that you're trying to grow because it does take some time to grow a business. And so it's great to have that that other uh, income uh, or the corporate sponsor, which is what I call my main job, they sponsor you while you're growing the thing that you want to do. And having a having my own business for me gave me freedom. That's what I loved. It meant that, like, while I was, uh, you know, growing my business, raising the kids, I had the flexibility to go and see them play sport or see them win awards at school or go on camp with them. And, um, you know, freedom can be different things for everyone, but it's like I am one of the very few people I know that can say, uh, hand on heart, I love my job. Mm. And to me, in the 35 years now, Val, I've been doing it. I still love it. I love it even more. And it's mm. been amazing. And I think, you know, if you've ever wondered about whether this is something you should or shouldn't do, then this is what this episode is all about. So mm. first thing is should you start a side hustle? I think this is a good yeah. question to ask. So I think if you're in a well-paid job that you also love and you find it fulfilling and maybe photography is a hobby then um, and you do it for stress relief, then I don't think there's any need to start a side hustle. I think like you've got the job that you love that you're making great money out of and then just keep Keep the photography as a, a hobby because that's where you, you you blow off steam and enjoy uh, the hobby, right? But um, if you're the kind of person that has a job that you don't enjoy going to and that you, you know, dream of one day having a kind of job that gives you more flexibility and more freedom, uh, then maybe, you know, and the job is uninspiring that you have, then maybe you would consider starting a side hustle. What do you think, Val? Yeah, I think, you know, it's a defining side hustle as well because yeah. sometimes we can spend so much time on our hobby that it's it, – it's, we spend more time on it than um, some people do on their paying um, yeah. gigs. So I guess if we define side hustle as something that you do – obviously on the side in addition to your full-time job that you hope to earn money from, yes. um, then well, it, it, it ultimately boils down to what your goals are. Yes. Yeah. So it, because even if you are happy in your job and are well paid and all of that, you may still want to earn an income 
through your your after hours passions so it depends on what your goals are as to whether you should start a side hustle or not the key factor in whether or not you should start a side hustle is um whether you feel compelled to do it because you should because you're because you because you know your friends have said you're so great at photography you should do weddings but you don't actually care about weddings you know what I mean so um always follow your heart I think in terms of where you're going to spend your time um and if part of following your heart is your heart's desire to earn money from it (laughs) then that's valid as well Exactly. So when you're growing a, a little side business like this, I think I, I, I think it's so important to not quit your day job because there's a couple of reasons for this. You obviously you need that that those extra funds to get you going while you're getting it off the ground, and uh, it's it's also changes the whole energy around you. So while you're growing a business, you're going to be negotiating fees for for what you'll be charging for your work, and you'll be offered jobs, and some of them will have you know be very little money. And if, you, if that's your only form of income, then there's going to be this uh, need to just say yes to everything, and you'll end up uh, either having to shoot too much and burn out, or take on jobs that you end up resenting because they're not paying you enough. So I think it's really important to keep that day job. And I think a lot of people make that mistake of deciding they're going to do something. So that's why I think it's important that you grow this side hustle while you've got the the corporate sponsor or the day job. And the other thing is how how much time you're going to be investing in this this side hustle to grow it. And that that's, you know, it could be unlimited, but you know you can invest as little as. Because we hear stories all the time about people who have, you know, had a full time job raising kids, and then they write a book, and then it's like you ask them how they did it. It's like I don't know. In the fifteen minutes while I was riding the train, mm. I did ten minutes in my lunch hour, and then maybe a thirty minutes uh, after work. So you can invest uh, a little bit of time each night just to to grow that business, learn the business, and I I, I know I remember that I missed. Uh, a lot of the 90s when I was starting out in terms of because I was just busy there was kids there was growing the business so I missed a lot of TV but guess what Val I can watch as much TV as I like now because I did all that work early so um, I think the other thing that we need to talk about is what is uh, what is your goal and what's your definition of success? Because there's a lot of different ways that people can say, oh, this is what success means to me. So you want to think about that because I've seen photographers that, uh, that, that that it's all about, you know, having the big studios, multiple studios, scaling and everything, and it's all about the seven to eight figure turnover and and that's what they enjoy and that's what success means to them building the 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 big empire but then there's other photographers whose success for me is that they just want to shoot beautiful pictures and be able to cover the cost of their personal projects you know and be able to and to do that they do take on the odd paid shoot so um Regardless of where you want to end up, we've all got to start at the same spot, right? So we've got to start somewhere. So um, let's dive into what we need to know mm-hmm. uh, to, to get started and get this uh, photography uh, side hustle going. So I've already said this before, I'm a big fan of uh, slow and steady wins the race. Do you know mm-hmm. the story of the tortoise and the hare? Yeah. 
You want yeah. to retell it, Val, in Val terms? Oh, okay. Um, so the tortoise and the hare set off on a race and obviously the hare goes is much quicker than, than the tortoise and races off and the um, tortoise is obviously slow and steady. But the hare races off so far and is so far ahead of the tortoise that he can't see the tortoise behind him and he thinks, oh, okay, I'm, I'm so far ahead, I can have a little rest. And so the hare has a little rest, <laughs> probably rested on some laurels and, um, and fell asleep. And mm. while the hare was asleep, the tortoise, just plodding along, uh, kept on going and went past the hare. And while the hare was still asleep, the tortoise, who just took the step-by-step approach, crossed the finish line first. That's it. So, fantastic story. Love it. Slow and steady wins the race. So we hear this a lot. I get this question a lot. How long will it take? How long will it take? I want to be the best and most successful photographer in the world in three months or six months. It takes as long as it takes. Some people are going to get there a lot quicker. Other people are going to take a lot longer. It takes as long as it takes. But there are things you can do to uh, fast track that success. But I think it's really important to um, take it slow and grow slowly because um, I think that if you have too much early success, that can actually be a bit detrimental uh, to your ability to learn uh, to develop resilience and uh, stronger skills. You know, that's why child stars end up a bit loopy sometimes in the end when they're adults because they get that early success. So I think don't focus on But not Jason skills. Bateman, who one of our wonderful people in our community, yeah, so Judy Bruner, it, it, saw the other yeah. day. What, Filming Ozark. Life? Hey, Judy. Thanks oh for letting us know that you that saw Jason That would have been Jason so exciting Bateman. for you. So he's one probably and then there's another guy who's a director um, who was the redhead director who uh, – what's his name? Ron Howard. Ron Howard is another child. So there's two mm-hmm. out of how many okay. that, that, that did all right. But, you know, I think – Slow and steady wins the race. Be the tortoise, not the hare. <laughs> so, all right, so let, let's jump into what we need to get started uh, with a photography business because there's a lot, you know, people say that you need to get everything or you need to these things. I think um, when you're starting out, I am still a big fan of uh, investing on a need basis. So not necessarily going out, getting a business loan and dropping, you know, 50 grand on getting everything that you need and setting up the studio. I think that's uh, not the way to go when you're trying to do this as a side hustle. Uh, I started with a borrowed secondhand camera, a really, um, the only way to describe it is crappy lens Mm. and then I borrowed and hired as I need and so when I would make money I would reinvest back into more gear and as the jobs grew and I'd like oh I can't do this with just two lights I'm going to need four lights then I might then reinvest in more lighting and I started renting smaller studios on a casual basis and as the business grew I ended up you know getting my own bigger studios and bigger studios as I need it so you don't need 
to start out with tens of thousands of dollars on high-end gear when you're starting out. So at the bare minimum, you want a DSLR or a mirrorless camera and again, buy secondhand. And when you're buying, instead of buying entry level, buy uh you can buy a top-of-the-range second-hand camera for the same cost as a brand-new entry-level camera, and that's going to give you uh, a slightly better quality of image. Now, it's not necessarily about the gear, but this is a good way to get started because the, the pro cameras are a lot more robust uh, and you're going to get a lot more bang for your buck out of a pro camera rather than a, an entry-level beginner's camera. Uh, so DSLR or mirrorless, a tripod, as simple as a speed light, a light modifier, and a couple of light stands, and a couple of other things. You'll need memory cards. You'll need some kind of computer to get you uh, started so that you can edit your files, and then some sort of uh, processing software, so Lightroom, Photoshop. There are free softwares that you might want to experiment with as well, but I I, uh, I recommend something like Lightroom or Photoshop. Now, everything I've listed can be purchased secondhand except for uh, obviously the Lightroom, Photoshop, mm. the hard drives, and the memory cards. So that's what that's the basic. And it's a small kit. You don't need 50 lenses. You mm. don't need all of these things because there are great places where you can hire a- a- extra gear and that you can uh, extend the kit as it needs to. But it's like get, as you grow, then you extend the kit. Have you got anything to add to that, Val? No, I think that all makes sense, yeah. All right. Yeah. So next you want to think about the legal stuff. So, uh, we've got listeners from all over the world, so there's no way I can be across what everyone's legal requirements to start a business are, but I would recommend starting out that you make an appointment with your accountant and you tell them your plan and you get them to help you set up all the, like, the sort of back-end legal stuff that you need to get you started and maybe help you with a basic contract to get you started Mm -hmm. and uh, just have all of that sorted out early. Uh, Valerie, accountant, you got anything to add to that? Um, I think the main thing is to just understand, um, you know, the minimum required to to conduct business. So in Australia, you can start off simply as a sole trader and you just need to get an Australian business number, an ABN, which is free to get. Um, Mm -hmm. Obviously, you need to do whatever is relevant in your own country. Um, Mm -hmm. And and it's pretty easy to get started if you just have some of the basics. As you grow, you may then choose to – move from being a sole trader into a company but you know by that time you're probably not so much a side hustle no you'd hope that you you wouldn't be running a company (laughs) with a side hustle but yeah and uh, I think a good accountant like a good assistant uh, is like uh, that they are uh, worth their weight in gold so I think it's a, a that's a good first step Next, obviously, you're going to need to learn the basics of photography. Uh, And this is something that I include in that part-time side hustle, those 30 minutes a day that I've recommended. Now, you could start with uh, allowing that 30 minutes a day just to learn the skills that you need. And 30 minutes, you can learn a lot. So there's this idea that you need to do 
three-week workshops or mm. days and days and days of training when you don't have them and you've got a full-time job, you've got kids to drive to soccer practice and, you know, commitments with your friends and all of that um, will kind of keep you procrastinating from doing that. But let's just say that if you just allowed yourself, okay, put it in your diary, 30 minutes a day I'm going to work through uh, learning how to get off uh you know, auto or learn how to practice my focusing techniques or learn how to use off-camera flash or even on-camera flash properly. So you want to make sure that you've learnt the basics, you practice, rinse, repeat. So learn, note, so that you know your gear inside out. Now, a lot of this uh, stuff can be learned on the job as the business grows, but you want to at least have the basics before you start. So what I recommend um, is when you're starting in the early days, get yourself that styrofoam head or, or photograph your friends, pets, partner, and just shoot, shoot, shoot. And then while you're growing it, like we've talked about this a lot, get critiques and things like that. So that's the 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 learning side of the the basics of the gear. All right. So as well, you're going to need some sort of website uh, or social media site where people can find you. Now, mm. the website doesn't need to be any big deal. It can just be a page where it's mm. got, you know, a few of your best images, like say five of your best images, a bio, uh, which is like what you do and uh, where you are, and a phone number. Val, anything else to add to that to the website? Uh, uh, yeah, it can simply be, be if you, you know, uh, are just starting out, you don't want to invest a lot of money in it. No. It can simply be a business card website, you know yes. what I mean? Which yes. may have, as Gina said, a small number of images and contact yes. details. You don't need yes. to have your whole portfolio. You don't need to have, you know, photo shelter attached to it. You don't need to no. have huge amounts of um, all the shots you've ever taken. Think of it as a business card just so that people can contact you because if you can't, um, if you don't have the, you know, time or inclination or technology to create a portfolio, just remember direct people uh, onto Instagram. Um, exactly. Something as straightforward as that where people can view some of your shots. Sure, they're not going to be viewing it in, you know, um, billboard size or anything like that. No. But I happen to know of some people who have got billboard gigs as a result of their Instagram photos. So, you know, never underestimate exactly. the power of Instagram. So, yes, uh, Instagram and also you want to have uh, a presence on Facebook and you don't necessarily need a professional Facebook page, just like sharing your images because it's important with social media, and we'll get onto this a little bit later as well, that you're sharing and being social and bringing everyone that you know in on the ride as you're growing the business. So, um, the next thing, so, so, so don't, the, the, the point is don't get all hung up on how beautiful this looks and mm. what your bio says and all of that. Just get something out there, mm. you know, because it'll change down the track. Yeah. Um, the next thing you want to think about is how to work out what your niche is. 
all right? So what is it that you're going to photograph? And I think like most people think, well, what's obvious and a lot of photographers start out with just shooting, uh, I'm going to be a wedding photographer because that's the first thing that comes into their mind. That's what everyone else is doing and people seem to make a lot of money doing weddings, so I'll do weddings. But it's like I think you should try out a lot of things because you might think that you like this particular genre but it's not until you test out the other genres that you find the one you like so it's kind of like meeting the right life partner really you you know you know you found your right niche when you'll know it when you see it you'll Mm. try it on you go I really enjoy this Mm. it's easy for you to do and it it's it brings you joy you love to do it so um on just a, a little breakdown on the differences between like what can happen in the different genres. So, um, as I said, weddings are an obvious starting point, right? But you got to think about that it's like it's a lot of work to do a wedding. So, like when you're coming from say a full time job where you're getting an hourly rate, when you look at the what people are, are, are making from a wedding, you think, wow, that's such great money! Like they make five five thousand dollars for a wedding or ten thousand dollars for a wedding, and it's just like four hours work or six hours work. But it's like when you break it down. Mm. Um, the average wedding photographer at the lower end they're making, so someone you get off maybe Craigslist, you might be able to get them for $500 to uh, the sort of entry level is around 3000 a wedding. That would po- probably involve around uh, 8 to 12 hours just of the shooting time mm. and then you've got to factor in meeting the bride, mm. uh, the pre-shoot, then um, getting there and doing a recce of the place and then there's all the post-production. So you might have another two to three days of editing. So if you work out the hourly rate, it's uh, it's not quite as uh, fantastic as w- when you first uh, worked it out. So mm. uh, think about that because weddings – a lot but when people start shooting weddings and they're like all right so if i do 50 weddings a year i'm going to make 150,000 dollars a year but there's a ve- that's a lot of work and there's a high burnout factor mm. but if you have a look at say either family portraits or headshots or branding lifestyle photography then mm. the average uh sort of prices there are maybe 500 uh to 2000 per shoot and that's for a two-hour call Mm. and there might be an hour of post-production so you can see the difference there Val it's huge Mm. so picking the 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 right genre that will work for you in terms of what you do could make a big difference and then there's another uh, couple of genres that um You've got a bit of involvement here with the real estate and architecture photography, Val. Mm-hmm. So you've seen a big difference in the type of shoots that you uh, see than the level of photography that you can get in real estate and architecture photography. Yeah, for sure. It's um, yeah, for sure. <laughs> so so it's huge. So in the in that market, the real estate market, you've got sort of a, at the lower end, you might be the photographer might be getting fifty dollars a house to shoot, and it's just a matter of shooting high volume to get those gigs and that that real estate that the 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 lower end of the market is actually a good way to get your foot in the door in photography so there's a lot of photographers that are starting out that might pick that as their genre and then from there they actually go into higher end photography so you could start
start out with, you know, the $50 a house and then from there you build your skills and then you can uh, build that up to, to going to higher end architecture photography where, you you know, you might be earning two to $4,000 per shoot. So there's a big difference, but it's all about growing the market. Mm-hmm. And then there's also commercial photography where you might be for the, for a half day shoot earning somewhere between $2,000 and $5,000 a shoot. And this is all stuff that you can do as a side hustle. Uh, as well. So, the uh, million dollar question, Val, <laughs> is uh, pricing <laughs> here. <laughs> so, uh, and this is where a lot of photographers starting out sort of uh, get caught up in the whole, all the hype. Uh, you're meeting people who might be saying, hey, I, I really like your work. I've got a big Instagram account. I can give you a lot of exposure. So, how about you do some stuff for nothing, <laughs> right? Which is dangerous and there's this sort of you got to find that balance between building your folio when you're starting out and you might be working for experience or for folio mm. i want to take that word free out of the out of the equation because mm. you're never working for free Okay, so as a photographer, you're starting out, you might start working with your friends, uh, people that you know, work colleagues, and you're going to start out working for uh, a lower, a reduced rate, and you be upfront. It's like, hey, I'm building my folio, I'm just starting out, uh, but it's like, and I need some experience. Mm -hmm. So you might offer them a sitting fee, a a sitting, and you might give them a complimentary fee. image a print as a way of saying thank you and then you give them the opportunity if they want to to purchase more images so when I was starting out I uh, charged from day one I didn't do any free shoots my first shoot very first uh, professional shoot was even for the experience I still charged I charged for the prints and I charged for the session Mm. I didn't charge a lot compared to um, what you can charge today but I still charged and I think I had that mindset that that was like you need to value yourself what uh, what's been your approach uh, with that charging or not charging when you're growing the side hustle Val? I think um, I definitely have a think about who is the client. So, for example, Mm -hmm. if they were a major client, as in, you know, a a multinational, I'm not going to ever offer to do it for free because I know that they would pay any other photographer or, you know, designer or writer or whatever. Um, So, it depends very much on the client and, again, it depends on – you know, uh, the as you say, whether you're doing it for folio or or not, because sometimes there are gigs that you know they're not going to end up in your folio, <laughs> so you may as well charge, right? Yes, yeah. <laughs> so, but hey, if you suddenly have the opportunity to shoot, oh, I don't know, Margot Robbie. <laughs> Sure, you, if, if it's for a large organization, you, you you should be charging. But if you happen to get invited to her birthday party and they just happen to want a photographer, knock yourself out. Do it for free. <laughs> right. Um, the other thing with that that uh, a lot of photographers get hung out, uh, up about is like what to charge for images. And the, the mindset is uh, a little bit backwards. It's sort of you're thinking about like um, – it's not the cost of the paper or the frame or the glass. It has nothing to do with the value of your images. So you're not actually selling 
you are, but you're not really selling physical goods. You're you're selling the experience, and uh, you're 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 selling you're preserving memories and your the images that you're taking um, are priceless because that exact moment that you've just shot is never going to be captured again. So you've got to get over your the fear of selling and thinking in terms of costs of goods sold. Now, obviously, you want to put that into the equation, but that's not what that's not how we charge for our photography. So it's it's about uh, it's not the hourly rate that you're spending creating the work. That's not what they're paying for. They're paying for your experience and the uh, all the investment you've made into the, the and your dedication to the craft. So uh, that, that I want you to reframe your thinking and really th- those of you that are going out and doing shoots for free because you're afraid to charge because people might turn you down, you're actually not doing yourself any favors and you're not doing the industry any favors by doing that because there are people that will never value photography. They just don't get it. Just like I don't care about expensive handbags, Val. Okay. You could wave a thousand expensive handbags in front of me and going, this is a blue, blue, blue. This is a blue, blue, blue. I don't care. Mm-hmm. And so I wouldn't even give you $5 for mm-hmm. a handbag like that because I don't care. Mm-hmm. But everyone's different. And yeah. if you find the right person who loves handbags and go, oh, my God, look at the stitching here and that's the that's the little the doodad here. This is so important. This is a valuable piece. Mm-hmm. They will pay thousands if not tens of thousands of dollars for that piece. Mm-hmm. So just because – um, one particular client doesn't like, uh, doesn't value the photography you do, it doesn't mean that everyone will. So you've just got to keep shopping around, uh, getting your work out there and finding the people that do value and respect the stuff that you do. And here's the thing. If you don't value, you as the photographer don't value the work that you do, no one else is going to either. So it, it comes from you first. So you have to value yourself so that you can convey that value to the client. Anything to add to that, Val? No, I think that makes sense. My, my, I guess my top two tips with pricing is, number one, I'm a big fan of the project fee as opposed to the hourly rate. Um, I agree. And, of course, you might go, but I don't know how long it will take. Well, it's your job to find out. And you, mm-hmm. and you, and you do that by asking questions. You know, how long does it take to do this? How long does the event go for? Whatever, right? So yes. it's about getting as much of the brief as possible so that you can get make a good estimate on the amount of time it will take. So just that you have an idea yourself um, on the amount of time. And then, as I mentioned, uh, a project fee. And then if you go half hour, under half hour, over, or even an hour mm. over, under, it doesn't matter. It swings in roundabouts, right? It's a mm. project fee and it gives your client certainty on the amount that is um, – uh, the amount that they're going to have to spend. And obviously part of that project fee is your list of deliverables. And so they know that for that amount they are going to get, you know, the, all those things on the list of deliverables. And the other big uh, piece of advice that I have for um, for pricing is charge an amount that you're not going to resent. And so mm. people go, but what's the industry benchmark? And, well, that's fair enough and you can um, – 
benchmark yourself against those rates if you want to. The reality is if you, you charge what you don't resent um, and what you would be happy with, obviously, um, then if you get that amount, you're happy and the client's happy. Everyone's a winner, baby, right? But if you're exactly. charging an amount that you're thinking, oh, am I giving this away for too little, you're going to resent it. So what's of the course. point? Yes, that's great advice. Yes, and 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 in the not so much in the portrait photography world but in the f- commercial world that I work in, I, I got some fantastic advice and I remember, I, I know I've told this story before but forgive me if you've heard it before, uh, but like I was on my way to a TV network. I had my folio. I was very young, early in the industry and I, and I was going to see the head of PR and as I was riding up the elevator, uh, the, uh, another photographer got in as well and was going to another floor and looked at me and uh, struck up a conversation and he said, uh, what are you doing? Who are you seeing? And I'm like, oh, I'm going to show my folio to this, you know, I'm hoping to be a photographer for the network. And he, he looked at me and he said, do us all a favor. He said, why don't you compete on um, skill rather than price? He said, don't charge less than, and he gave me an hourly rate. Mm. And I went, oh. Okay. And so when I had that meeting, the, the publicist looked through and said, oh, I really like your work. I think we can we can work together. That'd be great. What's your hourly rate? And I pulled out the figure that that photographer told me. And uh, to this day, I've always, uh, I've, I would step away from a shoot if they say, oh, uh, can you do it for a bit less? Because we've got this other photographer who'll do it for less. We really want you to do it. And I'm like, no, I won't. And I won't budge and I won't budget. I think when you um, try and compete on price, there's always going to be someone cheaper. So I think it's so, a, a matter of sticking to your guns and, and um, sticking to the price that you want to work are for. Are you saying that you worked for an hourly rate in those days but you don't recommend charging hourly rate now? I don't recommend. So they gave me an hourly rate so that I could know what to charge and, yes, now I do as a, a job. Like, you know, there's, there's – mm. um, it's a whole it's a whole job that I charge for, mm-hmm. which just includes everything, including my creative fee, which mm-hmm. is probably the most valuable thing as a photographer that you can provide the mm-hmm. ability to come up with creative concepts. Mm-hmm. All right, but the the point of the story was this photographer had said this is the standard industry rate. Mm-hmm. Don't don't charge less than that because it's like undercutting. That's what it is. And um, and I, I took his advice on that and I, I charged <clears throat> I, – I was competing on skill rather than price. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I think that's really important because, you know, there's, and, and I've seen it happen before where photographers has co- have come in and it's like, I really want to get my foot in the door. I'm going to undercut. I'm going to charge a quarter of what everyone else is – what everyone else is charging and you will get work but you will also get a reputation as oh we just need this cheap shot done Mm. or cheap shoot done let's get the cheap person in Mm. and so you'll you'll get the reputation as the uh the cheap photographer as well and it's going to be very hard for you to move your prices up from there so just uh, a couple of things there to think about with pricing but there's so many uh different formulas that you can work on, but it's just a matter of uh, valuing yourself, respecting your price, and obviously um, avoid doing stuff for free or even using that word free. Mm-hmm. 
All right? Great. So, next, Val. Uh, advertising and branding. Do you need it? What are the difference? Um, so, just to break it down, so advertising is about promoting something like a product, a service, or a benefit, okay? Mm-hmm. Branding is about building your long-term reputation, you actually need to do both, particularly when you're starting out. So um, you you want to be able to find ways because you're new to the industry. So how do you advertise yourself and how do you get started and how do you build your brand? So what I like to recommend when people are starting out is like you are your brand and you are the best person to advertise your stuff. So your enthusiasm believe it or not, is going to do a lot for you. So I recommend that uh, you've got this thing called a smartphone. I think everybody has them. There is a system on most smartphones where you can have uh, folders where you organize the folders and you can have one that is just called Folio. Put five or ten of your best photos, Mm. favorite photos, into that folder. Now, wherever you go, you have uh, you're going to be at the hairdressers, at a bar, out with meeting strangers. What do you do? I'm a photographer. Wow, can I see your work? And you know, it'll come with like, what do you do? Do you shoot weddings? And it's like, no. Um, I'm, I'm a photographer. I specialize in promotional and advertising photography for the film and TV industry. Mm. All right. So you've got that little pitch. You've got a whole, um, you've written a whole book on that, haven't you Val, about how to make an elevator pitch where you just, um, have your, that information ready so that you can tell people what you do in a couple of lines and explain it really quickly. Yeah. And I think that it's useful just to, um, uh, have that thought through already so that yes. when you meet somebody, you're not stumbling. You know what I mean? Exactly. It just rolls off your tongue and then you can, you know, move on to talk about the interesting things that you do rather than stumbling exactly. over the elevator pitch. Exactly. And I'll tell you now, and it's like you all will have a, a recollection of someone that you've met that's done this before. But when you hear someone talking about the thing that they do and how much they love it and how exciting it is without being a rhymes with banker, um, <laughs> it, it's it's really exciting. And you want to be it's like, oh, so the other day I went to this name like, and, and it's like we hiked for um, five minutes and it was you know, because the sun was coming up at a particular time and I got to the top, I had five minutes left, I got my tripod out, my hands were frozen and they were shaking, I was so excited. As the sun came up, lit up this entire valley, you will not, but it was, I have never seen colours like this. This And the joy in your voice and the mm. enthusiasm and then you can go, hey, I've got a photo, let me show you. Mm. That, that is enough. You want to be around people like that all the time right? So share the enthusiasm, share the excitement. And the first place that you can advertise your, what you do is the people that you know. So, um, uh, we both have a mutual friend, Val, who Mm -hmm. used to work in the finance sector, who then, uh, became a photographer Mm -hmm. and started doing headshots for all their colleagues. 
Oh, yes. Which I just yes. thought, that's genius. Yes. So you can you can find like within your industry, so you might work in retail, that's your mm. job, but you've got all these co-workers who need family portraits or they need pet photography. So if you're there every day going, what would you do on the weekend? Oh, I went out and I did these amazing pet shots. Look how cute this dog is mm-hmm. and the dog had a sister and they both mm-hmm. had dresses on. Oh, my God. Look look at the light. Look at the light here. Mm-hmm. And you keep sharing that work. They're going to go, oh, hey, Dave, do you want any photos? Because Gina does pet photography now. Yeah, yeah, come and do pet photography. So that's your first point of call. And then you can um, spread that out and mm-hmm. advertise uh, more there are there's Facebook you can use it's great for the portrait market mm. family portrait market Facebook is perfect there are Facebook ads that you can use we have a course on on my website at ginamilitia.com if you're interested in that people are successful advertising through Instagram and there's also TikTok people have had success for things like Craigslist as well mm. um, and then you know, there's other things you can do, but th- this is all the stuff that you get your name out there. This is all stuff that you don't need to know all at once. Mm. It's slowly, slowly. So if you can get to that point where you've started photographing your friends, then eventually friends of friends are going to come along. I was working in the Italian restaurant at night. I was doing exactly that. I'd come in every day and go, oh, my God, I did this photo and it's like this guy had black hair and the sun and it's like, and that's like, that was me every day as I'm flipping pastas doing that. And they could just see how excited I was. Mm-hmm. And then eventually the husband of one of the waitresses just said, hey, Gino, you're a photographer. Come and do these uh, soft drink bottles. And that's how I got my break in the advertising industry, it had nothing to do with SEO no. or I wasn't using Facebook. No. I was enthusiastic and yeah. people are attracted to that. So I think that's an important way. So um, there's some ways, I think, to get you started and then it's just a matter of dedicating that time, you know, a couple of hours a week, a half a day on a Saturday, build it up. And and I promise, like, as you go, there'll be all these other opportunities that, that present themselves and you can grow and grow from there and you can grow it like you can keep it as a side hustle where you just, you know, make yourself another a thousand, couple of thousand a month out of it or you can then reduce the number of hours you're doing with your corporate sponsor. You might want to say, hey, corporate sponsor, I know I'm doing five days. Can I now drop it to four, mm. you know, and uh, then you can build and then you can drop it to three days and grow the business that way. But there's lots of ways to do it and you never know until you try. All right. I think so another important to add to that? Yeah. yeah, I think another important thing is that when you are out there, because one of the things that you're saying, Gina, is to um, that you are your own best advertisement, obviously. Yes. And your enthusiasm and passion shines through. And I think it's important to um, re- understand the room or read the room in the sense that if you ex- like at a Sunday barbecue um, and somebody says, "Hey, what do you do?" and your day job is an an insurance broker and you're side hustle is photography, you might feel tempted to say, oh, well, you know, I'm an insurance broker attempting to be a photographer. We, I mean, read the room. If it's Sunday barbecue, you can just say, I'm a photographer. If you were at a yeah. conference for insurance brokers, sure, yes. 
say, I'm an insurance broker, you may not even mention photography until further into the conversation, but yeah. you don't have to actually say, you have the multi-pronged description. You can just define yourself in the way that suits the situation you're in at the time. Yes. Yes. That's great advice. Cool. Yeah, so wow. That's really good, go. Gina. So that's a little – hopefully that inspires some people to at least give it a go because, you know, um, and and you can have side hustles within your side hustle, Val. Huh? So when I was starting my photography side hustle and growing that and I got into – uh, commercial photography and that became my full-time thing and my kids were still young, I started a wedding side hustle, okay? okay? Now, I didn't really want to shoot weddings but I was getting asked to do them a lot and so what I did was like I'm going to do two weddings a year, okay, mm -hmm. and I would agree to them and they were usually clients who, you know, worked with me in commercial and then they wanted to, you know, to use me as a wedding photographer mm -hmm. and I'm like, I would tell them, I'm like, I only do two a year <laughs> and so they'd get in extra early mm -hmm. and then with the money that I made from my wedding side hustle, I put that aside and that's how I took the family on a holiday every year. Yeah, right. It was my side, side hustle. So there's Great. all sorts of things you can do. <laughs> Love it. All right. Right, so we're almost at the end of this week's episode. What are you doing in the coming week, Gina? Yeah, so I don't like to brag, Valerie, but <laughs> okay. I am representing Australia in the Olympics you uh, are not. this week, Val. So, yeah, multidisciplined. Yeah, um, I will what? be doing gymnastics. Um, <laughs> you and I together are doing synchronised diving. I know you don't like to brag about these things either. <laughs> Uh, synchronized diving and I don't know where um, she's going also the marathon so yeah okay. representing it's a very proud moment for me I obviously will be representing them from the couch <laughs> in <laughs> so your head spend the next week uh, watching Olympics uh, while I edit photos Val what about you oh my god <laughs> I love the Olympics. It's so much fun. I'm actually hosting a Zoom for 1,500 people. So that's going to be interesting. Um, and so many lines and I can't touch any of them. <laughs> <laughs> and um, there's, uh, yeah, so th there's a lot of coordination involved in that because I have co-hosts, I have special guests. These are wow. for this is actually for my other podcast, so you want to be a writer. Um wow. and uh yeah, we're having a whole lot of people joining that. So that's gonna be How taking exciting. up a lot of my time. And then I will be getting my second jab and then I'll be fully vaccinated. So That's not the first time you've had a little prick, is it? <laughs> Okay, so where do we find you online, Gina? You can find me at ginamilitia.com, so that's G-I-N-A-M-I-L-I-C-I-A. -I -I -I. I'm at, on social media, <laughs> I'm at Gina Militia. and if you want to take your photography to the next level, I'd love the opportunity to work with you. Uh, check out the goal community, so just go to ginamilitia.com and click on memberships. <laughs> what about you, Val? You'll find me at Valerie Koo, that's K-H-O-O on Twitter and Instagram and over at ValerieKoo.com. Thanks for listening, everyone, and we look forward to chatting to you again next time. Thanks, guys. 
Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer. For more information, free resources, and Gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer, visit ginamilitia.com.